You're listening to The Big Finish Podcast, release date the 17th of October, 2021. Hello, Starman. If you're out there... Well, it's not Mars, I can assure you of that. Well, no, because nothing grows on Mars. But this is a really rather fabulous garden. The Martians are famously terrible gardeners, yes. (laughs) Green pincers, not fingers. Precisely. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, and it's time to reverse the polarity of the neutron flow and plug your brain into the audio drama of Big Finish Productions. Yes, and for all you Doctor Who fans out there, you'll know that any reverse neutron flow polarity references mean we're talking about the third Doctor Adventures. That's right, after we once again present our good review guide, this week it's Doctor Who. The End of the Beginning, starring Peter Davison, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, and Paul McGann. It was the end of everything. We'll be delving behind the scenes with the third Doctor Adventures Volume 8, Conspiracy in Space. I'm Tim Trelaw, and I am playing the Doctor. Beautifully done. Naturally, hot on the heels of that, it'll be listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Then in our also available segment, we pop over to Tortured Soho and the latest outing for Norton Folgate, a glorious six-part Quatermass-inspired sci-fi romp entitled Ashenden. Mm. They make films about that brutal idiot. They're rather good ones, actually. And as sure as eggs is eggs, what? Uh, the <laughs> Randomoid Selectrotron will once again be featuring, offering you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Ooh, Doctor! It's me! Oh, no. And finally, we round things off with a free 15-minute drama tease of The Third Doctor Adventures Volume 8, Conspiracy in Space, space by Alan Barnes. The last thing I need is a, an armed forces pension. Oh, it's just a leaflet, you know, a bit of bump. So, Third Doctor, will we ever tire of discussing Third Doctor? No, no. No is the answer. No, Move no. on. Right. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, fine. Yeah, third, uh, yeah the Third Doctor. My well, favourite. I'm yeah. just, just it's, saying it's your it. Favorite. I, Always, yeah. I just, uh, you know, it's, it's not cool to say you've got favourites at Doctor Who, but con- I've conditioned that way. My first Doctor always going to be, yeah, it's always going to be uh, your fave, isn't it, really? Well, I've always said that my favourite Doctor is the second Doctor. I do have. I love what Patrick Charlton does. But the, the thing about the third Doctor is that of all the old Doctor Who episodes I go back and watch, I watch the most of the third Doctor. I'm always going on BritBox and, you know, putting on a third Doctor story. So, and working on these third Doctor adventures for Big Finish, I feel that, you know, finding Tim Trelaw has just opened up a whole great thing where we can just indulge our well, It's fun as well because because we're, we've, you know, we're able to visit... Because the third Doctor, really, you know, there I would say there were sort of three phases of the third Doctor's time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you've got the Liz Shaw stuff, Joe Grant stuff, Sarah Jane stuff. Um, and so what is lovely about these third Doctor stories is we're able to visit each of those different eras of, of his time as Doctor Who and, and do different things. You know, it's not like 
right, we've got this block in which we can make these stories. We've already got like, oh, we could do a story like that for this time. We could do that. We could move this. Of course, we've got John Coleshaw as the Brigadier. Oh, that's really opened things up. Which yeah. opens things up again, you know. So it's just, you know, Sadie Miller, um, you know, you know, uh, doing fantastic uh, rendition of her mother's performance of uh, Sarah Jane Smith. Yeah, yeah. And Daisy Ashford as well oh, doing, yeah, yeah. Just incredible. So... It's such a fun thing, you know. I loved, I loved when I I worked on a, a box set. Um, well, you did uh, a Liz Shaw one, didn't you? you did, I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. And, the and you know, and I, the Unzal, and I got to master, uh, you know, um, I think I mastered a few of them as well. And it's just, it is just lovely. It's just lovely to to dip into that. And you know, as I always say, Nick, as you know, uh, big finish is really in the hands of people that love love Doctor Who and care about it with such meticulous detail so it's always very rewarding to listen to it back when you hear little nods to things oh yeah I know what they're doing there yeah, yeah it's a bit it's of nice, this yeah, yeah oh, I love Conspiracy it. in Space is a particularly good one I mean uh, we're not mentioning I don't know why um, the Devil's Hoof Prints um, which is the other release in, in Volume 8 um, perhaps we'll do a bit of previewing of that next time or okay. but you know we're just going with the conspiracy in space uh, this week because we had to pick one story and this it's got draconians in it what can you say well, more yeah well quite frankly john pertwee's favorites weren't they the draconians they thought quite uh yeah quite i'm always like is it south bank center which is draconia yeah. <laughs> i yeah, yeah. love going no it's future that. earth Future Earth, that's, that's it. Right, yeah, Whenever I see it, it's just draconians wandering around. <laughs> yes. I wish they were there in real life, but oh, sadly yeah. they're not. But, um, well, I suppose we should use this to segue to our good review guide, mm. finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. And this week, as promised, it's Doctor Who, the end of the beginning from Big Finish Productions. It was the end of everything. Finally, I realized the purpose for which I had been chosen. I declared war on the universe. Doctor. Charlo. Before we die... Can we at least agree that this was all your fault? If it makes you happier. Not really. The city. It is said to house a great jewel, known as the Zalam. The darkness. Good grief. By all that's holy. Don't be alarmed. This is simply an artifact of another civilization. It's a lot more impressive than yours, isn't it? Size isn't everything. Well, Mrs. Clark. Welcome to Huygensend Spaceport. Life is fast and short in these parts, so be careful. Sounds like the Wild West. From my obsidian throne in the Fortress of Night, I assembled the means to begin my war. Doctor, Mrs. C, welcome aboard the Black Star. Charming, I'm sure. I am a Time Lord. A Time Lord? Is that supposed to impress me? They're following us! Can we outrun them? They've taken out my starboard thruster. Doctor, you better think of something! Oh, rather dark, isn't it? Don't worry, love. You'll be safe with me. 
There's a new child of the night in town. Another one like you? When I started selling off my paintings, I thought I was being completely discreet. I should hope so, Highgate. Artists do usually tend to stop painting once they're dead. Oh, oh no. We might very well be standing on all that's left of, you know... Yeah, the lost moon of Batoya. Doctor. Hello, Doctor. And Charlie, isn't it? You remember Tello? Is that really a future version of you? Indeed it is. Oh, you become awfully... Um, what? Tasteful. There is a legend, a prophecy, if you will, of a great unravelling. And it's said to have started here. To me, it sounds more like a weapon. No wonder the ancients hid it. In the wrong hands, it would be a terrible thing. What have you done? Isn't it obvious, my boy? I've started it up! Big finish. We love stories. Funny thing, time travel, isn't it? Well, just go to bigfinish.com and select the audiobook tab, find the Doctor Who monthly range option, and search by recent first to find this fine finale for our monthly range of Doctor Who adventures. What happens if you type in the end of the beginning in the search pane? Does that end find it? Of the beginning. Yes, it does. Brilliant. It finds the uh, end of the beginning, and you can also get part one for free on there <gasps> as well. So it's well worth typing it in, quite frankly, because mm. then you get it for free. Amazing. Uh, you also get a podcast there that says, uh, Big Finish Podcast, Cybermen Beginning. There we go. <laughs> so <laughs> you can are. listen to it'll that be, as well. It'll be in that as well. Yeah. There, well, you know, there we go. Uh, we've got one here first from WeAreCults.rocks. This one's from Bryn Mitchell. Uh, it successfully combines elements old and new to make something that feels like a tribute to all the monthly range rather than an overindulgent reminiscence of the early days. Uh, the fresh influence of writer Rob Valentine and new producer Emily Cook stopped this from ever feeling stuck in the past. Alongside doctors and companions who have been in Big Finish since the turn of the century, there's great guest performances from actors as distinguished as Kevin McNally and David Schofield. Uh, it may be the end of the beginning, but it feels like the start of a new era the Big Finish's Doctor Who releases, and I can't wait to see what the talents behind this and other releases bring us next. Uh, this is from WarpedFactor.com, Matthew Creasel. As the bookend of 22 years and nearly 300 adventures, the end of the beginning is a celebration of the range that first launched Big Finish into the Doctor Who license. It's an utter joy to listen to, mirroring that first audio while uniting, reuniting old friends. Reuniting, I say, reuniting Reunite. old friends and showcasing the scope of what Doctor Who is capable of in any medium. So long, monthly range, and thanks for all the memories. Ah, oh, nice little, nice little reference there to uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Really, I, is, another yeah. five out of five review, I would say. But they're doing well today, aren't they? Yeah. Well, setthetape.com. This review here from um, Lee Thacker, uh, not related, I don't think, to Mr. Thacker, uh, my old teacher at secondary school, no, no. who's long retired now, uh, but I occasionally see walking around um, and around and around. And around and around forever and ever. Uh, the end of the beginning is definitely a fitting way to close the book on this part of Big Finish's legacy. Shall I close the book? Yeah. Have you? Here's, I've got one here. Shall I close the book? Here's me closing the book. 
I did. I closed my book. So as we're very well. good here. We we do. You, nobody can say we don't make the effort here. Um, <laughs> it, it closes the book on Big Finish's legacy and sets up a solid platform. Should I get my platform shoes? No. Um, for even greater triumphs ahead. Uh, here's to another twenty-two years and more. And wow. there's four stars there. I think it's a swear word. Actually, <gasps> they're just really really happy well even though they gave themselves. us four stars i give that review five stars thank you lee thacker uh this is from uh, bedwear gullich and blog and they say the end of the beginning is the perfect way to bring the monthly adventures to an end it remains consistent with a strategy that has been so successful over the last 22 years sounds like marketing speak doesn't it incarnations <laughs> of the doctor remain familiar whilst the adventure is less so diversifying the scale and scope of the stories being told expanding the history of the show whilst being faithful to what has gone before is a challenge robert valentine in bold however has achieved this task perfectly in conclusion the end of the beginning is the finale one could hope for that felt to me like it was from doctor who the unfolding text Um, Yes, very good I'll I'll give that uh, nine stars out of uh, seven I mean, what a a grading there I love it Well, graded grains make finer flour What? Sorry, (laughs) advertising brain And fair is foul and foul is folly Um, (gasps) Coldbox.co.uk Ian McArdle says Writer and the the capital W um, The W is in bold for some reason I don't know why Writer uh, Robert Valentine has created a through line which builds to a remarkably satisfying conclusion. Ironically, uh, each of his situations are so well drawn that we almost wish that he had uh, that it had been a four-part box set. Oh, yeah. um, there's an entertaining level of banter between the Doctors, and each has his moment too. All right, all right. Uh, That's banter. All right, there, me love. Um, there's a knowing moment at the end in which the Doctors discuss their forthcoming plans. Uh, the Seventh Doctor's going to Bridlington. Um, <laughs> Paul McGann's just, I don't know, chilling out. Chilling Peter out. Davidson's uh, he's going yachting. And Colin Baker, I don't know what Colin Baker's doing. He's a man of mystery, isn't he? Feeding his chickens. Feeding his chickens. There we go. That's what the Doctor's forthcoming plans are. Uh, the end of the beginning, indeed. Uh, it seems clear Big Finish are just getting started. And there's four stars there with one half star. I feel like I feel like that's always the stars we get. I always say four, but I'm going to say five stars because it's just yeah. four, four blue stars or purple stars. I don't know. My eyes are weird. They're blue. It's blue. One half. Yeah, yeah. Good enough. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah, good. yeah. Well, I, I give that uh, two stars out of one uh, indiemacuser.co.uk Jacob Licklider says the end of the beginning is a great send off to the monthly range there's a definite love with several little references to previous releases some big some small but it gives us one final hurrah uh, with these characters before their adventures change forever 8 out of 10 I give you 10 out of 8 lovely done there lovely done is that even a, is that even a term no. it is now beautifully lovely done, done. Hello there, lovely Dan. Um, <laughs> hi, in, hi there. Hi, hi. I found those recordings, by the way. Have I, you? Found, I found. I uh, found. This is so boring for everybody. This is a. This is a podcast reference. I've got a sound effects search thing that I've got, which is all my files. Yeah. And I typed in hi, and um, hi there turned up. And uh, I'll, hold on, you might be able to hear it. Okay. Here, I can. Probably not. I'll try to. Hello. Hi there. Nice to meet you. 
<laughs> Hi is, there. Hello. Nice to meet you. It's <laughs> a range of stupid... It's strange, indeterminate accent. I'm not quite sure where... Hi there. Hi there. Well, I don't, don't, don't want to... Hi, hi there. I sort hi of didn't want to make them stand out any more no, than... No, no. Yeah. Hi there. They're all... They're meant to be... In a, in a, hi there. They're sort of like... You know, like how... Um, <laughs> I can't believe you, we're talking about this again. You know when you you know like when you you're at a wake and stuff and you know or like after a funeral and people always talk in that sort of hi thank you for coming. It's that sort of like hi there. It's very much sort of uh it's what he would have wanted sort of talk, you yeah. know. <laughs> sort of talk. What sort of talk is that? What it's sort the of, what he would have wanted talk. What he would have wanted. Yes, that's how, that's how it is. What he would have yes. wanted talk. Well, um, where are we? Over in the, the in the land of the twitterings. Um, oh yes, Nortenst says, um, "I can't keep going like this. It's, it's going to depress everybody." Nortenst says, uh, "Just finished listening to the end of the beginning. The final hi there, uh, Doctor Who adventure in the big finished monthly range. Uh, it was a great run, and I'm glad to have the complete set on CD. Um, oh, this was a fitting final adventure. Final." Uh, much in the same format as the first adventure. Mm, well, not entirely unintentionally, I would imagine. I give that review four out of seven hundred. Uh, at FitGeek underline UK says hashtag Doctor Who the end of the beginning from at Big Finish. A joyous four episodes of rompingness with Ooh. nods aplenty. A huge. Go- I mean, the underlining red dots on rompingness shows me that that's <laughs> not actually a real world. World, world. It's not, it's a, not real a real world, world. either. Um, I want world to live in. <laughs> uh, a huge glow of nostalgia, uh, tongue placed firmly in cheek, and three words that made me laugh out loud. Everything I wanted and so much more. Thank you. I wonder what the three words were. I love you. Ah. <laughs> well, um, Tinny Peters uh, says, "Big finish. The end of the beginning was bloody brilliant. <gasps> uh, I really." Really love multi-doctor stories. Oh, they're very difficult Who to doesn't? write, though. And at Shetland Hoovian, Shetland, uh, today's the day that the end of the beginning came out. The final Doctor Who monthly range story from At Big Finish, and I will say, it was a great story to end the range with. Will you, or have you? While I'm sad that the range is now over after nearly 22 years, it's not truly the end, only the beginning. But Tom Baker wasn't in the monthly range. I don't know why I'm doing it in that voice. But anyway, thank you. Very nice. I give you zero out of um, minus five, which is a very high mark. It's a very high mark, yeah. Well, probably the best uh, Twitter username of the day goes to Scooby Who. <laughs> he says, Ruby Roo. The end of the beginnings, a great conclusion. Big finishes Doctor Who, the monthly adventures. Uh, most joyous parts hearing Paul McGann and India Fisher reunited. More of that, please. Well, there is as well. At Nottam Tardis says, Really love Doctor Who, the end of the beginning from At Big Finish. A superb ending to the monthly releases. No spoilers, but I love the ending. What happened? Mm. What happened? What happened? No, Go don't, on, don't tell us. Tell us. Tell us. Hey, tell what, how, what a throw forward to the next announcement you're making. Oh. Marvellous, marvellous. Well, that's it for the reviews this week, but next time we will take a look at Doctor Who, the return of the Cybermen. just return of the Cybermen, but uh, I, I thought I'd throw in a the. It might be the, I can't remember. The return of the Cybermen. I mean, the, you know, the, I can say that the Cybermen return in this one, so I could be saying the title, or I could just be saying it's the return of the Cybermen. Either way, you get to hear Tom Baker in the original version 
of Revenge of the Cybermen. And it's quite different, isn't it, Nick? It's, it is uh, quite different. It's a different story there. Love quite listening different. to this. I was the master for this one. Not the master, um, but the masterer. Uh, and so I just, I just got the wonderful job of listening to it, making it sound nice and getting it sent off on CD. Uh, so I just got to listen to it and it was lovely. It was very, very nice. Coming up soon, it'll be listeners' emails. But first, we go behind the scenes with Conspiracy in Space by Alan Barnes with the third Doctor and Joe caught up in the sinister machinations of the Draconians. Hello, I'm Alan Barnes and I wrote Conspiracy in Space. The ceremony will resume shortly. The groom's clan to the left, the bride's to the right. Conspiracy in Space is a huge, uh, galaxy-spanning space opera of love and honour and revenge and betrayal. Um, it's uh, hopefully got a bit of everything. And an awful lot of spaceships. Originally, um, Nick, Nick Griggs, who's uh, directing, asked me for... Uh, he said it was the third Doctor and Joe, uh, Draconians, he wanted um, a, a prequel to Frontier in Space, uh, which he knew I'd watched many, 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 many times. And indeed read the uh, Doctor Who in the Space War, the novelisation. That was my first encounter with the, with the Draconians, actually. A princess of the Jade Chordata will find no shortage of admirers of an appropriate rank. Uh, and he wanted a, a sort of Operation Crossbow kind of story. And Operation Crossbow was an operation in the Second World War to... Um, uh, it was basically an allied operation to infiltrate um, the, uh, the Nazi V-rockets. Um, because they'd have changed the whole course of the war. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs, and I am the director of Conspiracy in Space, and I'm joined by... I'm Heather Challens, and I'm the producer of Conspiracy in Space. Have you got a question for me? Yeah, how do you think the recording's gone over these past two days? <laughs> well, um, it was a great two days. It's always guaranteed to be a bit of a roller coaster with Katie Manning being involved. And uh, the peripheral activity uh, uh, from Katie is always dramatic. Uh, on the first day, she forgot her glasses. I got a text message from Tim Trelaw saying, um, I may be a bit late. I'm having to go and buy some glasses for Katie. <laughs> I thought it was a wind-up. I found out it was absolutely true. Also, she'd forgotten her credit card and couldn't pay for her train ticket, so she had to phone a friend to order a ticket online. And then today, she uh, couldn't get off the train at the requisite stop and went on to the next station, which, and the train back wasn't for another hour. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of um, Joe Grant's uh, catastrophe going on in the background. Well, and I'm certainly not thinking of retiring anytime soon. My name is Katie Manning, and I've been playing Joe Grant. But this is a really rather fabulous garden. The Martians are famously terrible gardeners, yes. I thought the plot was really terrific, and I think it was very representative of that era. Um, so that was terrific, and I never thought that I'd get to mention Ziggy Stardust, <laughs> but I did. Um, no, I thought it was a, it was a lovely, lovely, lovely script, and I think he great job as i say it was very very right for that era too katie and i have spoken a lot before this 
recording uh, a few hours on the phone discussing things. Uh, she's very protective, and rightly so, of the character and has all sorts of ideas about how the line should be just slightly massaged. She's always very worried that she's changing it too much, but actually she hardly changes it at all. But those little changes are forensic and usually work brilliantly. But as she generously says, you know, if I say no, I think it works better the other way. You know, she... Um, She's quite accepting of that because I tell her I'm always looking for reasons to say yes. You know, it's not about me being right. It's about it being right. I'm Tim Trelaw and I'm playing the doctor. I've been denigrated by despots, defamed by dictators, abused by autocrats. But never in all of my lives have I ever been so insulted as Lethbridge Stewart has insulted me now. I thought it was a fantastic script. Really enjoyed reading it. Um, I love the... The references to the Second World War, particularly, and other parts <laughs> of history. Um, yeah, I, I, and I, th- I thought it brought out so much humour, and I loved the, the clear references to, to various famous films, such as Star Wars in there, and, and uh, Casablanca, and things like that. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I always want to try and recapture something. Um, that's, it's, that, that really interests me, actually. To, to, the, there's a sort of um, alchemy. Um, you know, between you know certain characters and, and, and around certain sort of eras of the program, and the, the fascinating thing is to try and recapture that. You know, try to get that little lightning in in a bottle, and and you've got to sort of uh, you know break it down to a constituent parts to smell out what the good stuff is. You know, sort of like rooting around for the right truffles and, and, and bringing them out to light. You know, evacuate the lobby. The groom's clan to the left bunker. The bride's to the right. Well, yeah, of course, it's it's one of my passions, I suppose, history, and um, so whenever I see little references like that, it, it just pleases me. Um, the same as you know, certain musical references and stuff. Something that sort of uh, grounds something in um, a reality that that is dear to me. That story was was a tremendous amount of humour. I feel like I cheated with the script, you know, because I got one of my favourite writers and one of my favourite human beings. Uh, and I hadn't worked with him for quite a while. You know, we used to work together a lot on the monthly range because he'd been the script editor for years and years. And Alan has become a, a really good friend. And we kind of know each other's writing style and approach inside out. So I knew I could go to Alan and say, I'd like you to do the Draconians with Operation Crossbow. And maybe it's a prequel to Frontier in Space. I'll leave that to you. And he went, right. And I knew that he, you know, that w- that's just the kind of thing you need to say to Alan and he will create all the rest. And my goodness, it came back with so much richness. Being secret agents, we'd never reveal our true identities, not even on pain of death. How's that for honour, Madam Zinn? So, yeah, this is a big melange of stuff and you... Um which you bring together, uh, and it becomes a thing. It becomes this sort of, you know, there's just so much I had to write about, and that's what you always want. You always, you never want to be, you know, sitting there wondering, oh, well, what should I do in this scene? There's, you know, it, it, it became so rich and so textured and so interesting. Well, to me, certainly, I hope you will feel the same way. But yeah, it's been really fun and games, a fantastic cast. You know, the more we get used to doing it remotely like this, although one day we'll be back in studios, I hope and pray. Um, you know, there is a kind of, it's like being on an old fashioned, in the 1970s, they used to have what they called party lines on telephones because there weren't enough individual party lines. And it's a bit like having a conversation on a party line with lots of voices coming out of nowhere. But luckily, everyone was brilliant and we all had an awful lot of fun. 
And if one of your friends said to you, wow, you've been working for Big Finish, and oh, what was it like working on Conspiracy in Space? What would your answer be? Oh, well, um, no, I'd say it was an absolute joy. I mean, the third Doctor Adventures, obviously I, I wasn't quite around when uh, those were first aired. <laughs> um, and I'd seen a few third Doctor episodes before but not all of them but this kind of allowed me to go back and and re-watch frontier in space and um and kind of get into the mindset of that era which is such a, a lovely era in doctor who and and the relationship that the doctor and joe have is so wonderful that it just you know i was just really excited to kind of get my teeth into it and and then, of course, I was working with you and Alan, who were, who were both kind of seasoned pros at it. I felt I could really trust the people around me. I know exactly where we are. Well, it's not the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, is it? Is it? I know one of the things John Pertwee uh, used to talk about, he really liked the Draconian's masks and felt it gave the actors some expressive... You know. I thought they were fantastic, and um, this was when we'd gone from the changeover from, um, because when we went into it originally, all the masks and things like that were done by the makeup department, and by this point everything had gone over to special effects, so they were getting really, they, they did some fabulous stuff, and I think the only thing that wasn't right about them was their, um, in Australia they call them thongs, we call them flip-flops. Um, their flip-flops and their little bits of rubber on their feet didn't quite merge together. <laughs> Conspiracy package, it says here in the notes, which is obviously going to be the package, but doesn't that sound like a fantastic 1970s drama? It does, doesn't it? Next actually? up here on BBC Two, Conspiracy Package with <laughs> Edward Woodward. Um, <laughs> it does. It does, totally. <laughs> Write that down. Um, <laughs> just go to bigfinish.com type in third doctor and put that in the search pane at the top to find a whole host of lovingly created third doctor adventures so i just laughed i'm just imagining the dvd box of it now and it's like in those you know like um those sort of block letters like the stamped block a bit like the conspiracy survivors package. conspiracy package so yeah. conspiracy just arrives in a kind of and then it goes package <laughs> bam, bam. yeah <laughs> Oh, I want to make this now. Cancel, cancel the day's plans, Nick. We're doing this. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, you'll find a whole host of lovingly created Third Doctor adventures if you type Third Doctor in for the search pane, including this one. And don't forget that we'll be giving you a free 15-minute drama tease of Conspiracy in Space at the end of this podcast. Not the beginning, the end. And, uh, well, after all that craziness, Nick... Uh, is it time yet? Yes, it's time for listeners' emails. Conspiracy um, package of emails. <laughs> I love it so much. You definitely <laughs> released by network and probably found on Talking Pictures TV. Totally, um, totally. Love it. Oh, come on. Uh, and if you want to send us a conspiracy package in the form of an email, all you need to do is send it to podcast.bigfinish.com. Uh, just type that into your email sendy boxy thingy and it will it will arrive 
uh, here. An owl will carry it from your machine and deliver it here. <laughs> First up, um, this one. <laughs> an owl. Was an owl. Yeah, owl post. Come on. Oh, right. I've been I've been rewatching Harry Potter's. Right? Oh, is that all right? right? No, yeah, yeah. Oh. That the posters delivered by owls. You see. Oh, I do sort of remember stuff. that. I, I've yeah, seen the films all in the wrong order. That my son watched them in a very eccentric <laughs> order when he was about four. Yeah, how did Voldemort come back? I mean, he died. They destroyed him, and then suddenly they act as if if, if that had never happened. And also, how did he de-age? Well, also, he went from being film, a teenager. I watched each film in the wrong order, so I'd see a bit of it, and then have to go and do something, and I come. And the next time he was watching it, I'd see another bit of it from another point in the film. So I saw all the films in the wrong order, and the films themselves in the wrong order. How bizarre! They're good films. I was, I was quite, I've been rewatching them. I've not watched them for years. Yeah, they deliver, and, uh, don't they? For for they, if, if you like that kind of thing, they do. They do deliver. Which they I do deliver. Don't. <laughs> there we go. But owls deliver. Your emails can be delivered. This one here is from Thomas. Hmm. Good evening, gentlemen. I trust all is well with you. Uh, I have just. Uh, I have been quite delighted to, to see a number of Jerry Anderson productions adapted for audio, which prompts me to ask this one question. Right. That was it. Um, <laughs> hey. uh, may we have some UFO, please? Uh, all the best, Thomas. Oh, uh, UFO. What's a UFO. 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 They called them UFOs. UFO, that's it. UFO. Yeah, UFO. That's great. I love UFO. Well, let's let's hope that that's something that can happen in the future. Uh, next up, this is from Mark Fippen. This is quite a serious, controversial one. And he even acknowledges that it's called Echoes of Extinction Vinyl. He even says, I realise, uh, after he says, hi, Nick and Benji. Hi there. Hi, hi there. Hi there. Mark. Hi there. He says, I realise this might not be for inclusion on the podcast as an email, but I was wondering if on your next podcast, you might be able to give listeners an update on what's happening with the Echoes of Extinction Vinyls that appear to have been last word chosen carefully as it was used by bf when i inquired with sales mm. uh echoes of extinction is uh, um part of the time lord victorious thing and it's got um uh, david tennant and paul mcgann in uh, a story winning combo there yeah yeah and i think alfie shaw wrote it as well and directed by scott hancock i think I'm just making this up off the top of my head, or I'm recalling it off the top of my head. Uh, like many, I pre-ordered, like many, I pre-ordered the vinyl edition of Echoes via Big Finish, thinking that was the safest bet for obtaining a coffee. 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 <laughs> coffee. Or a tea. <laughs> uh, I had a dispatch notification in May, followed by a couple oh. of weeks later by another email apologising that my copy had not actually yet been dispatched, though it still shows as dispatched on my order online. Yeah, that's a failing of the system, isn't it? As I understand it, I was not the only one who received this latter message after getting the first. They're trying to make up for the fact that it would have said it had been dispatched when it hadn't. Uh, since May, I have asked for an update in July and again in September, leaving a two-month gap each time so as not to badger too much. Bless you. You every right to badger. I have been told at various times that you were waiting for lost stock to be sent, that it had been sent out but you didn't know when you would get them, and that they have been held up at the port due to Brexit. Uh, this is understandable except for two points. One, other BF final releases this year, including several since the release of um, EOE, Echoes of Extinction, have 
although delayed a little, all been dispatched and received with no similar issues of being lost or held for months on end at a port. When Echoes was originally released back in, back in April and May, it was also available from Amazon, who not only got their stock but also seemed to get a second wave as it came back into stock. The release has also found its way to eBay, where some sellers have had multiple copies. The vinyl of Echoes was a numbered, limited edition, so it seems unlikely that a second batch have been pressed and issued, and more likely they've all been sent out via Amazon and other places. In the meantime, we are left in limbo, not knowing if we are actually going to get the item or whether to uh, to give in and pay the eBay scalpers to ensure we get a copy. Uh, it would also be interesting to get a take on what will happen if it becomes apparent to all that these copies are not going to be received by Big Finish and Dispatch. Will customers get a refund or just the difference between the vinyl and the download? A download was advertised as being added on purchase of the vinyl, not something that would be charged for separately. Correct. Uh, I could be wrong here, and I hope I am. These copies might be out there and heading towards us, but given the number of months they've been missing and the release was limited i fear my expectations are low as i say probably not an email you'd want to read out much well you know i think it's worth airing but if you could give a quick update in reference to a customer who's been in touch it would be very much appreciated thanks guys regards mark fippen mark really um thank you for writing in i really um think it's important to read this out it's been a bit of a mess up, really. The difference between uh, Echoes of Extinction and other Big Finish vinyl, uh, more recently released, um, is that Echoes of Extinction is, is uh, through Demon Records, which is um, part of the BBC, or BBC Studios. And uh, we'd done a deal with them for that. And unfortunately, they made a mistake and sent our allocation of records to Amazon um, I don't know how that happened but obviously they're very very sorry about it and they're doing their utmost to sort it out and the good news is that they tell us that our allocation now is coming to us but I think they had to get some more press so we're really grateful to the people at uh, Demon who've done their utmost to get this to work um, in spite of all sorts of little problems that have unfortunately tripped them up. But that's that's the difference. The the other um, vinyls since then have been just done directly from Big Finish. Uh, and so really sorry to you, Mark, and all the other customers who've who've been messed around by this. We've done we've tried to do our best and our brilliant sales team with Cheryl, uh, you know, have try tried to keep people informed um, and the news is we are told by demon that you know we are getting the stock and it will go out but obviously i can't dress this up any other way except to say that it's been a major disaster and i'm so sorry to our customers who've been let down here um you know what can we do we weren't we weren't sent the vinyl when we were supposed to be sent it and it went astray and hopefully we'll be getting it soon sorry about that folks well, our next email here is from Kenny Smith. Uh, subject of this one is <laughs> Flog Benji and Nick now. Uh, Kenny Smith is our um, is our fantastic Vortex uh, editor. Uh, That's our magazine, our free magazine, which you can get at BigFinish.com. You certainly can. Uh, or when we when we eventually do events, sometimes you can get physical copies there. Mm. Kenny also 
is a, a huge, big, big Finnish sort of historian, he is. so to speak. So uh, and a wonderful in, human being, I would like. To and add. a wonderful human being, and uh, somebody who has a great knowledge of crisps, uh, and often shares them out at conventions. Uh, lovely chap. Although this email says otherwise. Dear Nick and Benji. There I was, out for a walk, enjoying last week's podcast, when Benji said Loch Ness instead of Loch. Uh, I assume that's how it's said, you know, quite frankly. Uh, and then to compound matters, Nick repeats the offence rather than correcting him. On behalf of Scotland. <laughs> that's a brilliant beginning to a paragraph. <laughs> On behalf of Scotland. <laughs> I demand a full apology with correct, correct pronunciation forthwith. Uh, um, don't phlegm on your microphones when you try. <laughs> Yours in mock outrage, mouthrage, Kenny. Loch, Loch Ness. Loch Ness. I mean, oh, I, I, would say, I mean, That's, Kenny, yeah. have you? Have, you've never listened to the Benji and Nick show, the now defunct Benji and Nick show, where you know we have a game called Loch Ness and we call it Loch Ness. I mean, you know, L O C K Ness. Yeah. yeah. But Loch-ness. the thing at Loch Ness, Loch, Loch, the Scottish pronunciation of Loch, Loch is Loch. Uh, but we are not Scottish, and I don't think I think you're allowed to anglicise uh, pronunciations, or is that cultural appropriation? Now I don't know. This is a very good point, actually, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we 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 have we don't say Paris, do we? We say Paris because that's the English way of pronouncing Paris. We do say cafe. Yes, that's true. There's no it's consistency. It's it's whatever. Slip down a calf. It's it's whatever. Calf. Well, I think calf. I suppose calf. Say, yeah, yeah. But, but, the old calf. But you know, it's it's whatever comes into common usage, and I think it's quite common for English people to say lock. But you're absolutely right. The correct pronunciation is loch. Och, loch, as the Doctor and Mel say in Dragonfire. Goodness me, how did I remember that? It just shot Very into good. my head. And listen, um, that's it for the emails this week. I expect you're quite glad. More next time. Well, still to come on this podcast, the Randomoids Electron giving you a 25% discount oh, of a good. randomly selected Big Finish release. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but first, of course, it's time for also available. Oh. Uh, this week, we take a look at Torchwood Soho Ashenden out this week and just bursting with Quatermass fused with Torchwood excitement. <laughs> Great, 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 great. Norton? This is you, isn't it? Norton. Where the hell are you? Is that you? Norton. Down! Get down and stay down, idiot. What bit of stay down is hard to follow. Stop moving. Stop causing trouble. Who? Are you? Elizabeth, Torchwood. I'm dead. What's your excuse? Who are these people? They look like tramps. 
Hello, I'm Scott Hancock. I'm the director of Torchwood Soho Ashenden. And I'm joined by... Hello, I'm Samuel Barnett. I play Norton Folgate. Hello, I'm Laura Riseborough, and I'm playing Miss Isla Satterthwaite. Hello, I'm Russell Bentley. I play Bowers. I play the Prime Minister. I play a commuter, and I play an old man. Hello, I'm Jacob Dudman. I'm playing Fotheringay, a conductor, commuter, and a tramp. Everyone's playing a lot of parts in this, apart from Sam, which is sort of what this little behind-the-scenes bit's about, really, the joy of Wild Tracks. And small part casting, really. James Goss, our lovely producer, would you have any questions you may have prepared for us? Yes, Scott, our director. I do have some questions I prepared about Wild Tracks. Uh, because Wild Tracks, they are the hidden secret of Big Finish. Mm. In that we can't cope without them, and we always end up doing them at the last minute at the end of a recording session. We do. Uh, and um, first of all, question for everyone. Are Wild Tracks great fun or the pudding that you didn't want? <laughs> I think Wild Tracks are, um, are, are really fun in person because of watching everybody else's face. But alone in my little duvet world, it was a little less fun. Do you worry actually about the neighbours hearing some of the stuff you're... Yeah, uh, yes, definitely. Oh, yeah. Thin walls, yeah. Definitely, with all the screaming as well. Lots of dying happens in this wardrobe. <laughs> but interesting for other other relatives or family members who might yeah. be next door. Yeah. Yes, just walking past. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's that's the kind of that's the challenge or the interest. I completely agree with with Samuel as well. I think that they're so fun in person because you get to see all the funny faces that that people pull, and um, and it's it's one of the the fun things. Um, I always thought it was the pudding that you didn't ask for but enjoyed anyway at the end of the day. But maybe it depends on the day <laughs> and the day that you've had. I really enjoy the immediacy of them because if someone said to me, OK, in this piece you're going to have to do the noise of a woman falling down a lift shaft as she, whatever, um, I would spend a long time worrying about that and thinking, God, what would that sound like? But it's just three, two, one, and you're in. <laughs> you've just got to do it. And it's such a lovely surprise to hear what's coming out of your own mouth. Surprise acting. That's what yeah. we aim for. <laughs> So is the consensus that it's actually more embarrassing recording them on your own underneath the duvet than in a studio? Weirdly. Um, possibly, yes. Are we out of range now? No. Hang on a second. Oh, is that contemplation or constipation? I'm starting to see how Norton turned out like he did. Never losing? Not nice. Those bullets. Look. They're funny. Oh, exactly the word I always use to describe artillery. No. Look, if I take a few steps to the right... Oh, whoa, whoa. Idiot! Now, if I turn left... No bullet. Ah, still, no bullet. Clever idiot. We are being guided. Herded. Until someone gives me a treasure map with a big X on it, I'll stay put. Why are you fast? You're dead. Well, I was. Now I don't seem to be. Ow! See? You felt that. Oh, yes, I did. And by rights, I should be a hard light Faradine projection, instead of which I'm flesh and blood, bullet-free, hence my reluctance to go on a walking tour of a rifle range. I still think we should go left and see what happens. Trust me, I don't want you to be shot. Don't you? I was being painfully polite. All your life. Ha! Fine. Lead on, idiot. Oh, 
See? On this street, we're not being shot at. I miss the attention. Where are the people? There should be people. The dead thing. You can't leave that alone, can you? Well, Norton's dragged us both out of time. I was just about to finally see the new Bond movie. They make films about that brutal idiot. They're rather good ones, actually. Uh, but my point was uh, that I was living my best life when I ended up here. Presumably the same thing happened to you? Toasting crumpets and flirting with the new typist. Why has Norton brought me back? He must be in trouble. He normally is. Funny realising you're dead. Bit of a shock. There was I planning on seeing out my twilight with a tea shop that sells bad buns and worse art, and yet, here we are. I don't make it out of the 1950s, sobering. What a ruddy, awful decade to die in. I'm sorry. Are you being kind to me? I'm hoping it'll work in my favour eventually. Bless you, tender child. No, it won't. Big black car over there. Well. Chauffeur. Is that inside the car? Andrew, it's... Lisbeth, Cooey! It bloody is, it's Norton! I'll wring his neck, then kiss him. Come on. <laughs> what the hell? I can't see. The car! Someone just blew up the car. I don't know, I just can't. The smoke! Come on, we've got to help him. Excuse me. Oh. This way. Oh. Quickly. Gideon. You know this man. Uh, this is Gideon. Gideon Lime. Norton's uh, friend. Oh, my deepest sympathy. And my deepest sympathy. Come away. But the car. But, but Norton. We have to help him. I'll explain. But you have to move now. <laughs> Just go to bigfinish.com and type Ashenden, that's A-S-H-E-N-D-E-N, into the search pane at the top to experience this wonderful throwback bundle of outrageous fun by, of course, the brilliant James Goss. So, Nick, what's it time for now? Well, Benji, I know it's a big surprise, but it's the Randomoid Selectatron where we give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. What we got? Well, Rand's spoken. Uh, it's number EX1. <laughs> Is that a number? It's number and letter. Um, Doctor Who... Um, Excellus. Doctor Who Excellus Dawns. Oh. An oldie, this one. 2002, Peter Davison, Katie Manning, and Anthony... Head as well, Anthony Stewart Head. It says on here. That's right. That's what um, he was in those days. He's Anthony wow. Stewart Head. Yeah. Okay. Here's the trailer. Oh, Doctor, it's me. Oh no. Doctor Who, Excellus Dawns. I am Greyvorn. I am a warlord of this region. And as the ice started to recede, I rode forth to the highest mountain in the world, Excellus. Let me try to give you an idea of what Arteris was like in those days. Anyone who was anyone lived high up on the perilous mountainsides. The verminous folk of these mountaineers breathed the thin, poisonous air and went gently mad. There is nothing the likes of these primitives can do to you. The beloved relic was placed into your hands. You cannot let the likes of these people take it from you. The warlord... Come on out, Mother Superior. I, Lord Greyvorn, 
have returned to inspect your progress. The hag. I can't remember properly. I can't remember properly at all. The nan. Tell me, Mother Superior, what are we going to do with her? Oh, Sister Jolie, you've discovered me doing one of my favourite things. And the ancient one. I've seen this kind of thing before. And when they find it, it just turns out to be a statuette or a vase, and everyone goes home disappointed. As it was foretold. They will not defy us. The beloved will never be theirs. This is a great, uh, a great. Uh, there was a whole Excelis thing. There was uh, Excelis with you know, different doctors, and Excelis. Um, in uh, Bernie Summerfield as well, I think was there. Yeah, and uh, Anthony Stewart Head being in it was um, our experiment in seeing whether we could get Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, people in. And uh, and I remember that Jason went to a Buffy convention and sat there with these uh, CDs, and nobody bought any. So um, that was the end of that. That's the end of that. Anyway, lovely, lovely stuff. Um, what? Who else is in it? Uh, in this one, uh, Patricia Leventon, uh, Billy Miller, and Posey Miller. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, and Katie Manning and Peter Davison. There yeah. you go. What a team. Yeah. What a team. All right. Well, then, um, let me put it this way. Uh, while I email Jackie to make sure she puts the offer live, which she always does, uh, Benji will explain how you get your discount. Off you go. Certainly. So, first and foremost, grab your swords. It's a fight to the death. Um, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's a lot easier than that. All you have to do is go to bigfinish.com. You can find the details of the podcast on the homepage, or you can click the podcast tab and find it there. Or you can click audiobooks and find it in the Big Finish podcast range. Well, you've done that. Select this week's podcast and click read more. And you can see that it says the Randomoid Selectron also features offering you a 25% reduction on the selected release. Just click here and enter the code buck up. That's B-U-C-K-U-P, uh, no spaces there between the buck and the up. Nothing, just that. Nothing. Uh, all caps, no spaces, and that's all you have to do. Just click that. Biggly-boo, biggly-bay. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Cheers, cheers, thanks, cheers. thanks, Ran, as well. Yeah, uh, next yeah. week's podcast is entitled Sontar and Cyberman River. <laughs> Catchy, of course eh? it is. Catchy. Hmm. I'm just going to uh, have a walk along the Sontar and Cyberman River. Um, we delve behind the scenes with River Song Series 9. We preview Torchwood, the Great Sontar and War. And our good reviews guide features Return of the Cybermen by Jerry Davis and starring Tom Baker. What a fabulous package of audio excitement. Well, just time for me to say, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Mm -hmm. Nick and I will be back next week. You bet. I do. It's a bad habit. I'll stop. Time now for the third Doctor Adventures, Volume 8, Conspiracy in Space by Alan Barnes, Volume 1. There's only one Alan Barnes. The original, you might say.
ceremony will resume shortly. The grooms clan to the left, the brides to the right. Clans must not mix in the marital amphitheater. Uh, which side do you belong to, madam? Don't bother me, Hatchling. I'm here to speak to the Grand Widow. Grand Widow! Grand Widow, if you please. Uh, forgive me, madam, but you must belong to one clan or the other, or you'd not have been invited. You do have an invitation. Dare you place a claw on the hilt of your sword? I am the Lady's Inn, Dowager of the Jade Chordata, Hatch Mistress of the Western Colonies. I give you this much greeting. You may withdraw, Lieutenant. By your command. Uh, forgive me, Highness. I did not take such a common-looking lizard for your bodyguard. On the contrary, Lieutenant Ruji is an officer in the Draconian Secret Service. There are some who insist there is nothing draconian about a secret service, that honor does not hide in shadows. There are some who insist that draconian brides ought still to wear the discarded skin of their defeated rival as a veil as they did in the emergent times. But that is why you came to confront me, of course. The Jade Chordata has backed your Imperium for generations. A vow was made that our blood would be mixed. The young Emperor is not beholden to anything said in haste by his great, 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 great grandmother. From the time of her hatching, the promise was made to the Princess Neurona that she would one day be a Jade Empress. The promise was made by you, Lady Zinn, not by me. It is true your daughter is of the noblest bearing, and the sheen of her scales make her many rivals blue with envy. But the Emperor has made what I believe is called a love match. We might have been a third-rate species indeed if love had determined our selection. We might have been no better than Earthmen. Two minutes. This is your two-minute warning. Please. It is only the third day of the wedding. It is not too late to abort the ceremonials. I beseech you, if you would just permit the Emperor to meet your owner one more time... I excuse your passion, my lady. But now you must excuse me. With all the space raid drills, we are far behind schedule. Ruji, the lady is leaving. This way, Lady Zinn. So what must I tell my daughter? That she has been spurned for love? A princess of the Jade Chordata will find no shortage of admirers of an appropriate rank. The lieutenant here is unbetrothed, for one. Is that not so, lieutenant? I, uh, yes, your highness, um, but, well, uh, <laughs> You cannot believe I would ever permit a hatchling of mine to be bonded with some blushing salamander. 
Then it is the Princess Neurona's loss. I have made my entreaty, so be it. Whatever did she mean by that? Don't let it trouble you, Lieutenant. She's right, though. You should do something about that blush. Hmm. Paint your scales. Oh, not another drill. Troubled times, Your Highness. Forgive me. I know where the bunker is. I've seen enough of it the last few days. <sighs> Enemies within. Enemies without. Where will it end? Evacuate the lobby. The groom's clan to the left bunker. The bride's to the right. The all clear won't be long, I'm sure. Oh, go to Space Command and hurry it up. On my authority. Oh, oh, the bride will be a crone by the time she comes to exchange her blood oaths. Of course. May you live a long life, and may energy shine on you from a million suns. Oh, spare me all that and go. Go! I can scarcely believe it, Joe. I've been denigrated by despots, defamed by dictators, abused by autocrats. But never, in all of my lives, have I ever been so insulted as Lethbridge Stewart has insulted me now. Oh, come on, Doctor. We only want to look out for you. You know, in the future. I, I can look out for myself, thank you very much. The last thing I need is a, an armed forces pension. Oh, it's just a leaflet, you know, a bit of bump. Everyone got one. You, Mike, Sergeant Benton, Corporal Bell. Even I got one, and I'm certainly not thinking of retiring anytime soon. That's not the point, Joe. I'm not the Brigadier's employee. I've never been anyone's employee. One day, when we've got the Master back behind bars and the Earth is safe again, you know, I think it would be nice to see more of the world, you know, go travelling without having to worry about bills and rent and ooh, all that jazz. I mean, what next? A performance review? Marks out of ten for saving his planet? Up the Hindu Kush or along the old Silk Road or on the magic bus to Marrakesh. Sorry, Joe, what? <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> Oh, look at us, honestly, what a pair! <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 I suppose there's no sense in falling out over it. But if the Brigadier thinks I'm upping sticks to a bungalow in Bournemouth, he's got another thing coming. <laughs> bungalow in Bournemouth? What? What's that sound? It, it's kind of musical. Yes. Sounds oddly familiar. You've not got a mobile telephone on you, I suppose? A mobile telephone? No. No, of course not. Wrong epoch. Hang on. It's coming from the TARDIS. Come on, Doctor, quick, the key. Oh, it's borrowing right through my ears. Yes, it is a remarkably persistent ululation. Curious. It's not coming through the standard channels. It's as though it's being relayed from somewhere else. It's, it's like a tune that you, you know, that you can't quite put a name to. Oh, I can't place it either. Joe, did you just operate the door control? Oh, come on, Doctor. You know I know better than to touch anything there. In which case, the TARDIS must have done so automatically. And she only does that as part of her... Dematerialization sequence. Quite. Oh, I, 
I suppose you didn't start that either. No, I did not. Well, then, it must be the Time Lords. Perhaps. Destination coordinates 0001, 0011 by 03 in the third sector of time. Where is that? Could it be City Stardust jamming with the spiders on Mars? Oh, don't be absurd, Joe. There are no arachnids on the red planet. <laughs> I know a few space cadets who tell you otherwise. Space cadets? <laughs> what? Never mind, Doctor. This is Space Command Draconia, hailing unidentified vessel. Identify yourselves. Repeat, identify yourselves. What is the meaning of this, impudent hatchling? Remove yourself from the communications array. My apologies. I am Lieutenant Ruji of the Draconian Secret Service. I give this much greeting to General Chusa, first dagger of the Clan Gaharil. Your noble reputation precedes you, sir. If you know who I am, Lieutenant, then you should know that Space Command comes under my purview. The Secret Service has no jurisdiction here. I mean no disrespect, your belligerence. Security! Remove this officer from Space Command. I mean no disrespect, but without knowing it, you dishonor the Grand Widow herself. The Grand Widow? I arrived here bearing her authority to expedite the all-clear so the royal wedding might proceed uninterrupted. But then I discovered that the air alert was not a drill, that an Earth vessel had entered Draconian airspace. Well, you may not shoot it down! I had no intention of doing so, sir. It has already entered the ionosphere. I could not risk the neutronic fallout. Good. Good. Well, I'm here now uh, to take personal control of this operation. You may reassure Her Highness that the vessel will be safely escorted to ground. The wedding needs suffer no further delay. Uh, forgive me, General, but I must continue to intercede on your territory. On what grounds? I do not believe this to be a military vessel. You cannot know that, Lieutenant. For an Earthfighter to enter Draconian airspace at this time would be a suicide mission. The Earth military would never sanction such a venture. Uh, and why not? I have studied the ways of Earthmen. In my understanding, premeditated self-sacrifice offends their moral code. <laughs> Ignoble beasts! If it is not military, it is civilian. A defector, perhaps? Or a spy? In either case, it is secret service business, sir. It looks to me like the vessel is on an automatic course to touch down on the Great Step, 50 clicks north of here. It would be my honor to greet its occupant. Tell me, Lieutenant, for all your studies, have you ever met an Earthman in the real, live, rubbery flesh? No, Your Militancy. But I must confess, I am curious. Starmen, if you're out there, 
Well, it's not Mars, I can assure you of that. Well, no, because nothing grows on Mars. But this is a really rather fabulous garden. The Martians are famously terrible gardeners, yes. <laughs> Green pincers, not fingers. Precisely. <laughs> oh, it's sort of, you know, Japanese-influenced. Bonsai trees and... Oh, and look at all the blossom. Careful, Joe. The atmosphere may not be toxic, but one can't be sure about the flora. Do you really think so? Not really. As a matter of fact, I know exactly where we are. Well, it's not the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, is it? Is it? The blood cherry blossom gave it away. Because blood cherry trees are cultivated on just one world I know of. And that world is... Ah, spies! Halt or die! <gasps> Draconian guards! Doctor, we're on Draconia! That would seem to be the obvious conclusion. <laughs> now look here, gentlemen. I am the Doctor. And I believe I'm something of a legend around here. A what? Oh, and the Doctor is also known for his extreme modesty. It's simply a statement of fact, Joe. On your knees, both of you. Uh, please, please, excuse my friend. Um, you see, what he meant to say was, uh, we're sorry we startled you, and we'd like to present our credentials to a person in authority if... That would be possible? That person would be me. And who might you be, madam? I am the Lady Zin, Dowager of the Jade Shodata, Hatch Mistress of the Western Colonies, and this is my personal bodyguard. What? All eight of them? In that case, Lady Zin, it is my honor to give you this much greeting. What? God! Give me your katana, I shall decapitate this insolent ape myself. Now, there's no need for that, my dear. Such a greeting may only be made between nobles. You insult me intolerably. Yes, I'm afraid I've not made myself entirely clear. Head up, ape. At least meet your death with a semblance of courage. Now, look, if you just let me get a word in edgeways... So be it. The blood cherries will ripen sooner. Hi! Ladies in! I give you this much greeting. You are a female, are you not? I am. Then protocol demands I refrain from killing your companion. Oh, that's a relief. In such circumstances, the tradition on Draconia is females first. But I am noble. Um, yes, I'm... I am the Princess Josephine of TARDIS. I give you this much greeting, ladies in. Lieutenant Ruji.